You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back. You guys are listening to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Marcus Mosier of Bleacher Report. As always, I'm joined by the one and only Landon McCool. His Twitter handle is at McCoolBTB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And let's jump right into it on today's show. We're going to talk about Ezekiel Elliott's legal case, uh, the Cowboys Wednesday practice report, and man, we got a lot of great Twitter questions today. So we're going to jump right into it. Let's talk about Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, On Wednesday afternoon, it was announced by the NFL Players Association and Ezekiel Elliott's reps that he is withdrawing his appeal process, uh, appeal from the second uh, circuit meaning that this whole legal drama and this whole case is finally over. Um, and I, I don't mean to make it sound like I'm glad that it's over because, in fact, I'm actually not because I wanted Ezekiel Elliott to go through it and, and try to find the justice that he deserves. But it does sound like the, this 520-day saga of whatever this has been is finally over. Um, I think for Elliott, he just wanted to get this over with so that he can focus on the rest of the season and it doesn't hang over the Cowboys uh, through the rest of the season and into the offseason. But it's over. Landon, any just thoughts on this entire process and everything that's gone on with it? Oh, I mean, I have so many thoughts. Way too many to put into here. I mean, I'm, I'm, I am beyond furious. And, and as I've discussed here before, like this is still something that is probably going to you know, was probably the final straw for me in the NFL, and, and to be honest, and as it is with a lot of people, a I'm lot just, of people I, I saw on Twitter. I, I, I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm done with this. Like, I, I, I the, the, a lot of people watch the sport because they want to see a fair competition. Uh, people playing a sport, and the league does not. I mean, even if, even if they, you know, didn't do half the stuff that we think that they did. You know, I, I have nothing but doubt, and I, I have nothing but you know. I believe you know when you when you when you do as the, you should. Well, yeah, when when you do like the twenty six, you know, twenty six quarters of no holding calls, that should be ridiculous. Like, like I shouldn't even that shouldn't even come into my mind as a real thing. Like, I should I, I should I should normally be able to just blow that off as ridiculous because that that that's so outrageous, just random. But right. it's, but it's not. Like it's and I, and and even if if it is, the reason that I, I don't just blow it off anymore is because of the way the NFL has behaved. They've they've instilled that doubt into me to the point where I can't trust the the integrity of the game anymore, and and it's it's ugly. So I don't I don't really want to get too far into that because obviously I feel deeply about that. But I think that ultimately this became about the fact that it was a it was a hail mary to win this last court case he's probably going to end up saving a lot of money by serving the the suspension this uh this season as opposed to next season anyways if if it were to try if they were to go to court and it was to get upheld and this only had to pay two game checks next year those two game checks would be more expensive in in 18 than they would in this season so you know they're smart which is he's probably saving like i think it was like half a million dollars which is you know when you've lost as much money as he has for no reason i would say saving a couple half million dollars here and there is probably not the worst financial decision um, so uh, yeah, I mean, I just feel sick 
for Zeke. And and just like I and I honestly, like I said, I don't know. I will never forgive the NFL for this. I don't, and I don't know if our relationship will survive this. Yeah, and really quickly, and this I don't know why this this upset me or whatever, but uh, after Elliot, oh, don't bring this appeal, guy up because then I'm gonna freak uh, out, man. Like that's right, I got to for the people that didn't see this. Uh, NFL spokesperson, I believe this is actually their top PR person. Yeah, uh, he he mentioned that Brian McCarthy as his name. Uh, he said Zeke's decision here speaks for itself, basically meaning Zeke got what was coming to him. So. That's so I just think that's so disgusting. I mean, dude, you are supposed to be a PR professional for God's sakes. You're supposed to, you're supposed to de-escalate this situation. And I, last time I checked, like, and, that, and I tweeted this out too. I remember in the preseason, all they talked about was their slow, their new slogan. They were so proud of it, Marcus. Football is family, you know. And 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 now <laughs> now we've got PR guys taking shots at at, at, at a guy that, whose career and reputation they just ruined, so that they could maintain. Maintain a, a a balance of power in court cases for the future. Never mind that this twenty one year old is now labeled a, a domestic abuser for and has probably been you know tarnished for any kind of endorsement deals moving forward. So you know, but I guess he got what he deserved, right, Brian? You can just uh, don't even uh. <laughs> uh, just control yourself. It's, you're, you're, he's it's, he's it's, a worse okay. human being than he is a P- PR man. That, that's saying something. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, hopefully for Zeke, he's able to put this past him. Uh, I have a lot of faith that he's put the right people around him. And and I'm not, again, I'm not assuming guilt or anything, but I think this is an awfully hard situation for anybody to overcome, whether you're guilty or not guilty. I mean, it's the, the the NFL went for a witch hunt and they found their poster boy for domestic violence. And unfortunately it was Ezekiel Elliott um, and they ignored the evidence that they wanted to ignore. Uh, and the Cowboys kind of have to live with the fact that the NFL can do whatever they want to do. So hopefully we don't ever have to talk about any of this kind of stuff again regarding the Cowboys. And we can just move on past it. And hopefully Ezekiel Elliott is – and I think this is everybody's hope that he can be an example of, you know, hey, this happened, whether it was right or wrong, earlier in my career – Look how I am now, two years after, five years after. That's the hope. We'll see what happens. Um, Coming up, still on today's show, we're going to talk about the practice report, and we're going to talk about the Cowboys' backup running backs and positions the Cowboys need to target going forward. So stay tuned for that. All right, on Wednesday, the Cowboys had a pretty loaded practice report. I'll run through it real quick, and then I'll let you Give me some of your thoughts. So Chidobi Wuzier had a full practice today. It sounds like he's probably going to play on Sunday. Dan Bailey did not practice. Des Bryant did not practice. Probably another veteran rest day for him. Malik Collins limited practice. Jeff Heath did not practice with a concussion. Sean Lee did not practice with a hamstring injury. Uh, he worked on the side rehabbing his hamstring. Uh, Tyron Smith was with his back and his groin did not practice. And Jeff Swaim was a limited participant uh, because of his knee. On the Philadelphia side of the ball, they had three guys on their injury report. Uh, Ronald Darby, cornerback, Zach Ertz, tight end, and Jalen Watkins, safety. All full participants expect all three of those guys to play. Really quickly, uh, Tyron Smith, do you expect him to play this week? I think so. I mean, just because, and, and, and I'm only speaking because some people that I trust sound like they think he's going to play. Um, but I, you know, it's tough to say at this point, I, but I, it sounds yeah, like even people, if he plays, he's going to be eighty percent at best, probably. Uh, probably, I would say, yeah. 
But 80% Tyron Smith is still top 10 left tackles in football. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I'm, I'll take it all day. And I expect Dez to play. I think they're they're going to try to manage Dez throughout the rest of the season, kind of like the way they were with Tyron before he had this groin injury. So uh, I, I'm not sure on, on Heath. We'll probably have a better idea by Friday with Jeff Heath. The rest of the guys outside of Dan Bailey, I expect to play as well. All right, let's jump into some of these Twitter questions. I really like some of these today. So our first one is from Brandon Gonzalez. Chances of the Cowboys winning the Super Bowl if they somehow get to the playoffs and have Zeke. I will let you go first. Uh, okay, well, I'm, I'm not going to answer this on as chances because that's, I mean, that's kind of hard to quantify. But I'll say that come I, on, I, that I, was the question. You, well, you, already, okay, you, okay, you okay, already, all right, then you tell me how am I, like are, you, are we asking for 100%. percentage percentage points? <laughs> okay. Um, uh, I mean, how do, how do you ahead. want me to quantify it? Like three to one odds? Just give or? me the give me the right answer. Okay. Give me the right answer. Well, here, here's I mean, here's what here's what I'll say. Uh, I think that it, I I don't know the the odds I would give it or the percentage I would get. And I guess that's my point. But I would say that if if the Cowboys get into the playoffs and Zeke is back, um, and you know, let's say the team is at the, the a relatively the same level of health that it is right now. I mean, I think. I think you've got a good chance. I mean, I, I, I don't Absolutely. know winning the Super Bowl. I think you have as good a chance as anybody. But I think, you know, I think you know you've. I would you've, say a better chance in a lot of those teams. Yeah, because I mean, you've got a quarterback, running game, and a pass rush. Uh, yeah, I think that. Uh, I think if they're able to get in, then yeah, it, anything goes, man. Like, I, I, listen, I, seating doesn't matter really. Anything a home field advantage, especially for this team. Isn't that much of a big deal? <laughs> so, like, because they and, and that's not just because they're not necessarily a great home team. They are they are a great road team. So, I, I think sometimes they even may play better on the road. So, you know, I think I think that if they get into the tournament, they're definitely going to be a team that people aren't going to want to face. And, and and I think teams sure. like that that end up being lower seeds can often, you know sneak away and get hot at the right time. And they have the talent and the ability to, to play at that level and to beat any team in the NFC when they're on. Um, and so I just, it's just a matter of if they make it and if they're healthy enough to do it at that point. So if the Cowboys are, let's say they're full strength and they have Zeke and Sean Lee and Tyron Smith, I'm not afraid of any team in the NFC. I'm not afraid of any team in the NFL no. because obviously I think they're one of the most balanced teams. Uh, I would say the one team that I wouldn't want to play is any team led by Aaron Rodgers. And, and I, I think there's good reason for that. I mean, he's the quarterback that's knocked them out of the playoffs the last two years. But luckily for Dallas, yeah, I don't think that's if happening. they get to the playoffs, <laughs> that's not going to happen probably. So I, I really I don't think I would walk into any game as long as those guys are on the field thinking they're going to lose. I mean, I think every single one – well, actually, I probably would, being the pessimistic person I am. But I think they would have a pretty good chance at winning any of those games, no matter who they were going up against. So, uh, good question, Brandon. He actually has one more that I would like to get to really quickly. Um, it's the He wonders about the future of the Cowboys' backup running backs with Morris, McFadden, and Smith. So let's, let's talk about this team in 2018 with their running backs. How do you expect them to handle that position next year? Uh, well, I don't know the contracts off the top of my head, so maybe it, you could look I up. I think Morris and McFadden are free agents. I believe they're both free agents. So I would say, I believe so. I would say, um, you know, at this point, I, I obviously I want Rod Smith back because I, I just think that he's got uh, a, a future at the position. Um, and then I, I think that 
you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they decided to end up drafting another guy. Um, you know, probably not like a, you know, probably more like a fifth or sixth round guy, you know, not like a top, top of the round guy just to have another guy. Um, but I, I, you know, look, I, I don't know that, I don't know that either Morris or McFadden, I would say that they either one of the, oh, I would say that w- having one of them back is probably a 50, 50 proposition. I can't imagine re-signing both of them. Um, no. But but I can I I wouldn't be surprised if we re-signed one of them, and then Rod Smith, and then maybe like a draft pick, uh, to see see and just to see how that goes into training camp. Um, but yeah, I think that you know to kind of go back to the Zeke situation. I mean, you kind of need to get to a situation where you feel comfortable with your backup running back because you don't know what's going to happen with Zeke now. And, you know, I mean, I'm sure the NFL is going to look for any kind of reason to make up an excuse. Mm-hmm. I mean, all it takes is a, is some, was one person making up something about Zeke and that's, and, and, you know, they don't require proof in any of these hearings. So that's all it takes for him to get suspended for, I mean, we're, we're laughing. You still sound bitter about we're, this. We're, we're la- I know. I mean, no, but I mean, we're laughing, but as a true. practical matter, is anything I just said incorrect? Like, no, they, you're absolutely like, right. That's a scary part. Th- that's the thing is that o- that's what we've been led to now is a situation where they've shown that you don't need to have proof or even testimony testimony from the victim um, in order to uh, be you know p- punished and under the under the system. So and they've already told Zeke that if he has one more issue, that he could be banned for life. So I think and that's a domestic violence issue. Let me let me clear that up because I know some people were asking me about that. It's not if he fails a drug test, he's banned for life. It's a second offense of the domestic violence that he will be suspended for life. Sure. And all it takes is one woman who wants to make a couple hundred thousand yes. dollars and decided that, you know, Zeke didn't want to give it to her. So she's going to, you know, make up an accusation unless Absolutely. he gets. So basically they set up a perfect uh, uh, blackmail situation for Zeke. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be really great. Hmm. Really, really fantastic thought process there, NFL. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I think on a Cowboy side, you have to be careful. And now you have to, uh, uh, you know, plan for that. You got to plan for the fact that he, let me be clear too. Zeke isn't exactly an angel with some of the other stuff we know. So there is a very real possibility that he could also really do something. Maybe not like domestic violence, but, you know, the dude's a 22-year-old and probably pretty bitter about the way life has treated him the last year. And if he gets into an argument at a bar that really happens or gets caught this time, then he probably could get busted, kicked out because he, you know, got into a fight or just looked at a dude wrong, you know? So... Uh, you know who knows what who knows so that they need to figure out a situation that you know insulates them a little bit from Zeke unfortunately because you know they can't trust the league to keep him in the league right so here's my thing i still think Zeke is the best running back in all football uh, i absolutely love rod smith smith as your third running back because of the stuff he can do as a blocker and his versatility on special teams uh, i don't think he's a guy that you want to carry a full load However, I think the next five games, I want to see that. I, I know that they want to play the veterans in Morris and McFadden, but I would be perfectly fine using these next five games, and especially if you know if they go on a losing streak or whatever. I want to see what Smith can be. I want to know what his role is going into next season. Uh, my guess, or at least the way I would handle this situation going forward, is I wouldn't resign Morris or McFadden 
until after the draft. I would like to see how the draft plays out. Maybe a guy falls to me in the fourth or fifth round uh, that I love. And it's important to remember the Cowboys have, uh, they're scheduled to have a bunch of compensatory picks this season. So they could use one of those picks in the fourth or fifth round to grab a guy like uh, Joseph Randall, like who they did in the past, who they kind of worked in and eventually they became the starting running back. But um, I, I wouldn't sign Morris McFadden until after the draft to see what happens, allow Smith to be your third guy, and try to develop a guy behind Zeke that if he were to go down for a game or two, you would feel comfortable uh, putting him into the game. And and very quickly, uh, because I know a lot of people are wondering why they didn't draft a guy like Tariq Cohen or uh, Pumphrey, who they actually liked a lot, uh, I just don't see them carrying that guy in the roster any longer. With, with Ryan Switzer and Cole Beasley, I don't think they want a running back who is just a, you know, one of these small third down backs. I think they really need to look for a guy that can be a potential workhorse down the line. So we will see what happens there with the Cowboys running backs. Uh, Let's pause for a second so I can remind you guys to please uh, leave a five-star review for our show, the Locked On Cowboys podcast. If you leave a review and your Twitter handle, you'll be eligible to win a free Pro Football Focus Ed subscription. You will have access to NFL player grades, snap counts, positional ranks, fantasy projections, rankings, tools, and charts, NFL draft coverage with PFF profile stats and uh, DFS, NFL draft articles, player pages featuring uh, PFF signature stats. Again, all you guys have to do is leave a review and leave your Twitter handle and you'll have the chance to win a free Pro Football Focus Edge subscription. Please do that. It just takes a minute of your day. Uh, you guys will absolutely love it. All right, next question for you, Landon. From Priscilla Ashton, what is the Cowboys' biggest positional need going forward? <clears throat> um. So I guess the so with current injuries and the the way things are, I guess. Um, hmm. How about I, linebacker? Yeah, I mean, I think that that's. Uh, I mean, I, don't, I think we, I'd like to know a little bit more about how what the deals with Sean Lee. I mean, are you talking about for the rest of the season? How, how are we answering this? Do I think we, this, this is going forward, like into the 2018 off season. Okay, so, but I mean, with the with an eye towards the future, or with basically just getting through the rest of the season, Cause, cause I would I, say it's an eye towards the future. Okay, well, then, yeah, I mean, I think linebacker isn't a, a bad spot. I mean, I think that, um, I'm, I, th- I, I, I think immediately, I, I want to see what Justin Durant provides. I think a lot of what happened with the, the linebacker core has to do with the fact that Sean Lee got injured mid-game and you had to shift a player over. So now you're degrading two positions. And I think you're going to see some linebacker, not you know Sean Lee-level improvement, but I think you're going to see some improvement next week because, A, you're going to have Justin Durant active this next week, which he didn't have last week. And, yes. B, um, I think that you're going to have them all practicing the positions they're going to end up playing on Sunday, which will help too. Um, and but, I've heard Hitchens is going to play Will this week. Yeah, which I think he should. I mean, I, I, mean, I think that he's he should. That's where I think. First of all, that's his best position. Second of all, um, that's you know that's probably that's where you want your best linebacker. And Hitchens is the best linebacker you have left. So um, uh, yeah, that makes sense. I think that going forward, like looking, look, I, I, I think I mentioned this before. I don't know that I necessarily want a linebacker in the first round. Um, I think that I don't have a problem with taking one in the second round. 
but I want to see what the, what's there. And this is real too, really too early to be talking about the draft. But I, if you want to talk about it's like never this, too early, yeah. Well, I think <laughs> specifically it is. I think that if if you want to talk about like you know. You know, we we think we kicked this around a little bit yesterday, but you know, if there's a a, a free agent linebacker, maybe I mean I'm I'm open to that. Um, I I just think that you know, as far as immediate needs go and needs for the future, even though I think it will be easier to find um, once the season kind of is over and things kind of reset, is I think that they need a uh, a. they need to figure out what they're doing as at run stopping defensive tackle, um, because I, you know they, they like Brian Price who got injured. I mean, uh, you know we're going to see wh- how much they like them in the off in the offseason based on how much you know they actually pursue somebody. Um, but I think that that's going to be Pius a, still on this roster. Pius still on this roster. Yeah, I no, know he, I, he, I, he hasn't, the, the he report hasn't, was out that he retired, but, but he, 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 has, did not he hasn't retired yet. So maybe the idea is that Pius comes back next year and Brian Price, it, it may, if he if he can, they keep that option open. But I, I think that if you want to talk about like you know, it, it's kind of hard to answer the question you know moving forward because the rest of the season you're thinking about just right now, you know, like you're not really worried too much about like the the defensive tackle of the future. You're worried about try to win a football game this next week so if, if we're talking about like who do i think that they can bring that what position should they be looking to bring players in i don't know that they should be necessarily but as far as like you know guys like looking to the future that you know you may want to pick up now or look at futures guys that are on practice squads that you want to steal or something like that you know I, like i said you could probably get some use off stealing a guy that's a decent run stuffing uh, defensive tackle off someone's mm-hmm. practice squad if if you could find that guy. But other other than that, I think we're half we're past the halfway point. We're past the trade deadline. Right now, we're not as this is probably the lowest, the least active time for talent acquisition. You know what I'm Absolutely. saying? Like this is this is the time where your your roster is set and you're basically dealing with triage uh, for injuries week to week and just trying to win ball games. All right, real quick, this is not one of the questions, but I was actually thinking about this yesterday. Um, with the current construction of this defensive line, with I, I think it's probably fair to assume that they're going to try to get David, or, or excuse me, Demarcus Lawrence back some way, somehow, even if it's on the franchise tag. I expect him to be ne- back next year. David Irving's still under contract. You have Taco Charlton as uh, whatever he is, um, and then you've got Charles Tapper. So, uh, and I didn't even mention uh, there's rumblings out there that we've both heard that there's a lot of people that expect Randy Gregory p- to be back next season. Uh, do you expect this team to have an interest in you know using another first-round pick on a pass rusher? Because the way that I'm looking at it right now, I, I, I just don't see a spot open right now where they say, yes, they absolutely have to go grab uh, a right defensive end in the first round. Do you, do you agree with that or do you disagree? I mean, I hate to say this, but I think this is, again, another another issue with drafting Taco Charlton is that you've now uh, you've now allocated— I didn't even uh, mention Tyrone Crawford. What? You didn't mention Tyrone I said, Crawford? I didn't even mention Tyrone Crawford. He's no, another guy but, that's I mean, been playing well. Yeah, he's been playing well, and he's not exactly a guy that I'm just going to move off out of a spot willy-nilly. Now, I mean, you know, if you want to bring in a Randy Gregory to pass rush on third downs— I'm okay mm. with that, you know, but um, <laughs> I think we're all okay. Yeah, with that. I think yeah, I'm real okay with that. But um, now, I, I, look, I mean, I think the problem that you got with Taco now is that 
you, I mean, you really almost can't afford to spend another first round pick on a defensive end, right? Like, I mean, can you? I, I, mean, I just I, don't think there's a spot open. Where, where is he? Where is that first round pick going to play? I mean, the Cowboys I mean, play more three man lines mean, than probably anybody uh, else in the league. And especially when you talk about the fact that they're already going to have, you know, D Law on like a on probably a franchise tag type deal. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, they're going to have. Uh, uh, you know, Taco being paid whatever he's being paid his second year as a first round pick, um, which isn't know. a ton, but it's, it's no. It's but decent when amount. you also when you add in that, and then what? What is is Tyron Crawford still got another year left? Uh, yeah, you can't cut him next year. He, he's going to be on this team. So I mean, and his his number is huge, right? So and Tapper. No, no, well, Tapper, you still got Tapper, and yeah, I mean, I just don't know that you've got. I just think at, at this point. You've got the numbers you want, right? And I and I kind of mm-hmm. think you've got the the talent you want. I think you know, yeah. I mean, it, especially yeah. if you've got if Gregory is coming back, then I really think that you know what? Let's close the room and see what we got. I, you know, when Absolutely. you when you look at what you've got, is is if Paya might be here? Okay, let's throw him in. Uh, we got Lewis Neal. All right, we, who else is in this? We got Grant Gregory. We've got you know the the guys who all been playing. You know that that have been fine. I mean, especially the starting four who have been good. Let's 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 call it hell. Let's call it great. They've been playing great. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think yeah, I think you're good with the numbers you've got with the bodies you've got. Uh, I don't. I think it may even be time to go ahead and say yeah. I don't know that we necessarily need to spend that top. 100 pick. I mean, you don't need need to spend a top 100 pick um, on on a defensive lineman unless you find one that is just lights out. Now, if you if you saw a defensive tackle, like a real like a true defensive tackle, um, like a three technique, or or a guy who could give you snaps, real snaps at both. You know what I'm saying? Like 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 someone who is uh, someone who is. I, I might have a hard time finding spot uh, snaps for that player because well, but I, 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 if I, I take a player in the top sixty, are they? I'm not. Malik Collins is a good player. I mean, yeah, and he's a really young player. But I don't he's want the him at one. On the team. I don't want him at one tech anymore. Like you know what I'm but saying? But am I spe- is Rob Marinelli is never going to spend a first or second round pick on a, on a one technique? I mean, no, no, we no, know no, that, no, no, right? No, no, I know, I know, I know, and I'm not talking about a first round pick. But I, I, I could, you could still do a top. 100 pick on a on a guy who could give you good snaps at three tech one tech i i would totally pay it for that i got for i would totally take that guy at the end of the second round wouldn't you like if it was a really good like inside like a one tech three technique guy because i mean now i mean because here's here's the problem is that as good as david irving is um you know like when you take him off the field or when you have him on the field, you still you still having to, to reduce Malik Collins down to one technique because you don't really have anybody else who is dominant there, and and he's just like he can do it, but he's not great there. And I'm just I guess, I guess my point is that if you're going to upgrade talent on the defensive line, and I'm not saying you you need to, the place to do it is at defensive tackle at this point. It's not a defensive end. Yeah, and so that, I think these are arguments for why I would be willing to spend a a first round pick on a linebacker because I, I have a lot of confidence in my front. It's been the linebackers that have been the problem this year. So if I can grab a guy, you know, even who is my second best linebacker the first two years of his career, I, I'll feel fine with that. I, we'll see. We got a lot of time to go before we get to that. Uh, one last question. And this one is just for you because I know you're going to love it. From at neckbreaker31, great tour handle. 
Why does Jerry, Jason Garrett love not making adjustments in game? I will give you a minute to answer this question. Then we're going to sign off. I mean, I, I, I listen to what we should do. I'll just answer this with another question. Why don't you, <laughs> why don't you stuff uh, my, uh, I'm going to put a little box outside my Twitter account and, and just, you guys could just put like a suggestion box and you guys, and you guys tell me the suggestions of what of the adjustments that you guys wanted Jason Garrett to make. Because every time I hear this complaint and every time I ask for people to give me specific s- suggestions, I usually get a laundry list of stuff, 50% of which they did in the game and the guy just didn't <laughs> notice. And then the other 50%, which is not possible to adjust mid-game. And I, look, I mean, I, I understand people are frustrated and I, and I understand that, uh, that you know, that uh, they saw the problem early on and, and, and because they were you know, pointing at their TV screens, TV screens and yelling at it loud enough, they thought that Jason could hear them and then, you know, pull out the old chalkboard and then draw the X's and O's and then, oh, this is how we do it. And we're going to change up the whole offense because Chaz Green's not working. Like, that's just not how that works. Like, and, and I think that the, the, the sooner that people figure out that, like, adjustments at halftime are fine-tuning, not, you know, rebuilding the wheel, <laughs> you know? Like, it's not you're, not you're not reassembling the engine of the car uh, at halftime. You're, 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 you know, filling the tires with air. Like it's it's people need to understand that like it's chaos at halftime. It's not a thirty minute strategy session. You make the adjustments as, as as you can based on what's already installed in your game plan through the week. So and I and I went through a whole thing on both of my podcasts. I rec- I ask you please go listen to those two if you get a chance. If you want more on on the coach's mindset throughout the week and what they were thinking about and. You know, just the idea that plug your podcast. Tell, yeah, me, tell well, me where you can How get about those. the podcast and the blogging the boys podcast to talk about both, but specifically on the how about the podcast, I go through the whole thing about what they're thinking about throughout the week, and and literally, probably the last thing they were thinking about was Chaz Green turning in a game like this because we had hmm. no visual evidence of Chaz Green turning in a game like this. So once you've done that and you've locked in your protections with your plays. You are locked in. You can't exactly call a, an audible that's not on the play sheet. <laughs> so you know. So like, I think it it became a a, a dire situation uh, that got you know exacerbated by more injuries on the defense, which put more pressure on the offense. And then suddenly, complimentary football started killing itself. <laughs> Do you feel better? I, you, I, I don't because I, I I feel like I'm <laughs> I, I've been screaming into the void about this for a long time. But I, listen, I understand the frustration. I understand that side of it. But like, I also think that people they need to have a better understanding about what they're complaining about before they just assume that everything they're saying is absolutely doable. Yeah. So remember, you guys can send your complaints to oh, uh, Landon at McCoolBTB. He would love to hear all of them. And that's it for today's show. We will be back on Friday to preview the Cowboys game against the Eagles. We will talk about some of those matchups if Chaz Green has to go against Brandon Graham. Uh, I promise you we're not going to get into these big, long Dak versus Carson Wentz debates that I saw all over Twitter. We'll talk about some of the other stuff. So make sure you guys tune in. We'll see you guys right back here tomorrow.